Grandslam podcast. I'm Andrew McGregor, and with each installation in this podcast, we're going to explore the world of spirituality, what it means to be alive, and how is it that we can bring our spiritual selves, tarot, meditation, religious or spiritual practices into our daily lives. Please check out all of our episodes at thehermitslamp.com slash podcasts, or you can search The Hermit's Lamp in podcasts on iTunes and download them all directly that way. If you are looking for card-by-card instruction on reading the tarot, please consider checking out James Wells and my new audio project, The Trumps Card-by-Card, where we dig in deep to one of the major cards and explore it thoroughly. If that sounds exactly like what you're looking for and get your tarot juices all fired up, you can certainly also find that at thehermitslamp.com slash podcasts. So welcome to this week's installment of the Hermit's Lamp podcast. This week I am on the phone with Tierney Sadler, uh, creator of the Deck of a Thousand Readings and uh, you know, a really kind of fun and interesting person who I really enjoy uh, being on Facebook with and around and, and some of that kind of stuff. So for people who don't know who you are, Tierney, can you uh, say something so they know what you're about? Yes. I Hello. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> good. Um, yes, I am a, um, I'm a, I'm a writer by trade, um, a spiritual writer, and I'm also, um, a tarot enthusiast. And, um, I did create, uh, the deck of a thousand spreads and, um, a few actual, uh, Lenormand decks. Um, so I'm, all up in anything that is sort of psychic and card driven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, when it comes to the Lenormand stuff, how, how long have you been playing with that one? You know, it's only been a couple of years, but um, all the decks that I've created have been like helper decks. Uh, uh, I have one called the keywordy Lenormand and it's got keywords on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes it uh, easier for beginners to read. And it helped me learn keywords and learn um, about the decks, at, uh, about the, you know, the system at the time. So mm-hmm. do you, uh, do you play with the, do you read with the Lenormand a lot these days? Like I do. And I don't, I mean, sometimes if I have a quick question, I'll pull uh, three cards and see, uh, what happens, but a lot of times I, my confidence with the Lenormand is not where it is with, with the tarot. And so, um, sometimes like just recently, um, I was messing around over, uh, lunch with a friend of mine and the waitress wanted a reading and it turned out I was spot on, you know, mm-hmm. there are other times that I just kind of waffle and I'm like, well, it could mean this. And it could mean that. So I don't have the same kind of confidence. If it were tarot, you know, if she says, no, that's not me at all, I'd say, well, then you're just not thinking hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> the tarot. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's hearing you talk about Lenormand has reminded me that it's been months and months since I pulled mine out. You know, uh-huh. it's, uh, it's one of those things where it, 
uh, it ends up on a shelf and, and I forget about it for periods of time, you know? So it's, uh, it's, I really like it. It's a very interesting, uh, approach to me, but, um, but at the same time, it has failed to gain momentum in my practice, you know? I have, I have a friend with a theory and her theory is that these people like me and like her that really dove into Lenormand and took a deep dive and, and, uh, sort of, uh, obsessed with it for a while that when we, when we came out, um, we were no longer interested in Lenormand or tarot. That's hmm. scary that Lenormand is a tarot killer. <laughs> <laughs> kills, kills all your cardamancy, eh? That's it. Done. And if this were a live show, your switchboards would be lighting up right now, I'm sure. I'm sure. But, but um, it is kind of interesting because the same, you know, when I kind of came out of it, like I'm sort of in a, in a bit of a tarot lull right now. And I don't attribute it to Lenormand. I attribute it to a number of things. Um, but I just thought that her theory was interesting. So if there are other people out there feeling the same way after their deep dive with Lenormand, hmm. it's worth thinking about. Well, it's interesting because um, right now I'm running this uh, class on reading the Tarot de Marseille. Uh-huh. With um, with a bunch of different teachers from around the world teaching different nights and me, and um, you know it's been the classes have been great so far and the the people who are taking it it's really they're very very excited, and one of the people actually said oh reading Marseille style decks is like reading Lenormand cards, and you know the the thing for me is when i came across uh the lenormand which was about a year ago i'd basically ignored it before that i was like ah, i don't care i don't have time for anything else i was like ah, i'm too busy and um when i started uh looking at it and reading it i was like wow this really is a lot like how i read cards read tarot you know and so it's not that i don't do the the psychological and the other kind of ways of reading too but the um, the sort of the structure of it, the the shortness of the answers, the the you know the thing that a lot of people put a, put out like, well, construct a sentence, you know, the, those are exactly pieces from my reading practice. Although I never, you know, I, I learned them from other places in other ways. So so it's interesting, but I can see that, you know, it's also I can also see that there's a real uh, theoretical tension between the two. You know, I don't think there's any tension between them, but it, yeah. but it seems like theoretically there's a tension or there can kind of cause a tension. Oh, I'm in the wrong deck or I'm taking the wrong approach, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, is, is Lee Burston one of your teachers or is he? No, uh, the teachers are uh, Camilia Elias, uh, Enrique Enriquez, uh, Christoph Carroza, and uh, Yov Bendov. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I had kind of... Uh... I wouldn't even call it a class, uh, but uh, Lee lives locally where I live, mm-hmm. Lee and he's and he's a Tierra de Marseille uh, sort of expert. And um, um, he gave a presentation to our tarot meetup many years ago. And um, a lot of the ways that the Tierra de Marseille is read is like what you said. It's something that I layer on top of my reading. So like I look for 
um, you know, he was talking about, you know, consistencies with colors and, mm-hmm. and things like that and numbers and all of that kind of stuff. And that's how I read tarot a lot. But um, I don't, I don't really see that so much with the Lenormand. So maybe I need to sort of look at the Lenormand different because so, I don't see the parallel as much. Yeah, I think uh, I think that the the parallel is more in the delivery of the reading than than in the actual reading itself, okay. right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. the the cards say this isn't going to happen. <laughs> you know, the cards say you will be betrayed. The cards say you know. You can't, you know, whatever, right? You'll get a promotion or you'll, you'll ascend to fame or, you know, it's more, it's not so much in the, uh, in the interpretation. Although I think that, um, I think the notion that like, you know, the fox means what the fox means and it's a relatively short list, you know, it is not the same as like, you know, what does, what does the emperor mean, you know, which could be a an open, you know, an infinitely expansive list in some ways. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I think that that, that practice, you know, it's like, it's like reading playing cards, you know, which I, which I think is, you know, another practice where it's very similar, right. It's, you know, this means this, you know, this, this suit isn't great. This suit is more desirable. You know, these numbers mean these kinds of things. And when you put it together, you kind of get that sort of very, very linear, very practical, very grounded. Matter of fact. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, you can say what you want, but he doesn't love you and he's not coming back, you know? <laughs> Thank you for your money. See you next week, you know? That is what the scythe and the coffin mean. Exactly, right? You know? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I haven't really thought about it that much, but it's, it's sort of been on my mind lately. And uh, so, yeah, I'm... I'm always interested in what other people have to say about it yeah yeah i am not i i i will say i have not put a whole lot of time into the tarot day marseille or even playing cards so mm-hmm. yeah. you know yeah. well why why would you it might it might ruin you forever then oh that's it Lenormand, Lenormand is the uh, is the coffin, and uh, you know, playing cards are the nails, and uh, tarot de Marseille is the hammer or the shovel, maybe. You know, that's it. Bury it deep and forget where it is. <laughs> so before we were uh, before we started up the recording today, we were chatting a bit about um, uh, the challenges around you know, reading in stores and, and sort of open-ended, like, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you, you read for the, for the waitress, she said, right. You know, and that's sort of like, you know, anything could come up, right. You know, and, and then we were, I was just joking as we were a bit before about the, you know, the predominance of, um, you know, the, the forlorn lover who is hoping for some, something that's never, not really likely to happen, you know, How how do you, how do you pick and choose who you're working with? Well, um, you know, that's, that's still an ongoing process. Um, I, I had mentioned to you that, um, uh, James Wells has this whole questionnaire that you have to fill out. And basically the idea behind the questionnaire is, um, is basically to screen out the kind of people who, who are going to be asking these yes, no 
type questions um, or the kind of people that he doesn't want at his practice, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty brilliant if you ask me, because I think that most people just take whatever comes, uh, you know, whatever calls on the phone, you know, and, and then they're maybe quasi satisfied uh, with uh, their clientele, you know? So um, because tarot is not the way that I make my living, I just kind of, I'll read for um, uh, professionally for a year or two. Nobody's beaten down my doors, you know, because um, I don't really promote myself. I just say, okay, whatever. And so I'll get a reading now and then. Um, or, um, uh, and then when I get kind of tired of these, um, uh, will that will that lying, cheating sack of poo come back to me, please? Will he come back to me? Um, questions. Then, um, you know, uh, um, then I kind of quit again. So, mm. um, so I just go in and out of, of reading. Um, because for me, I feel, and it's different for different people. I don't feel terribly a predictive reader. And I also don't feel, um, I feel very strongly that, um, that the reason that I know tarot is to help empower people. So if you're asking questions about other people, you're not empowering yourself. Mm. Um, if you're waiting for something outside of you to happen, to make your life happy, you're not empowering yourself. And the older I get and the further that I get along my spiritual path, the less patience I have for that kind of, uh, for the unempowered person and the, the person who doesn't want to take control over their life and just wants to know if he is going to call, if, if they are going to get the job. And there's, there's, there's a need for that. I mean, you know, we're all curious about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. but, um, a lot of times when people are going to pay you, you know, a hundred and some dollars, uh, you know, for an hour of your time, they just really, really want to know all the yes and no questions of their life. And, um, and that just doesn't resonate. Well, I'm, I'm not enough of, of, of a person who loves to give readings that, that, that I would sit through years of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. It's, it's something that I really sort of go back and forth with. Um, you know, I, a while back I wrote, uh, my tarot manifesto. And so if you, if you're on my site and you're looking at the readings, you know, it's basically like a, what, it, what it's like to come and read with me, you know, and, and that's done a pretty good job of filtering people. Um, you know, there are people who, who read that and that's why they come to me, which is, which is what I want. Um, you know, but I run a store, right. And I'm, and I'm at a store. So then there's also the side of people just stroll in and, you know, I'm like, all right, well, let's see what happens, you know? And, and, and as you say, sometimes it's that, that this is not quite the best fit between us, you know? And, um, and, and I go back and forth about what I think is helpful, you know? Because uh, sometimes I'm sometimes I'm, I'm I'm put off by those kinds of questions, and yeah. sometimes I like nothing better than just like ask a question, flip a card, give an answer, boom, 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 boom for yeah. a while, you know. And, and and so to me, they're they're all interesting, and 
I think mostly where I get frustrated or when I get frustrated, it's when I have too many of one or the other, you know? Yeah. If it's too many, like, you know, psychologically formulated explorations of things, then I'm just like, man, can we talk less? Can we just, like, say yeah. things, you know? And then when it. Exhausting. Yeah, exactly, right? And, you know, and then when, you know, there's too many people who are, like, too focused on on stuff that's you know um that's not working in in the ways that like the the jilted lover issue or those kinds of things you know and and then i'm like you know i just want to be like no it's not gonna happen you know and and, and i am i mean i will be yeah, right yeah exactly you know but um but again it, for me it's the it's the mix too much of one or the other and i just start to get Start to start to feel uh, grumpy about showing up to work occasionally. So, yeah, and I just remember too when you're reading in a shop, sometimes you get the same people come week after week and ask the same question. Of <laughs> yeah, and that was really frustrating for me. Mm -hmm. so I've, I've just never really had the um um the 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 patience to sort of open my own practice outside of outside of a shop, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And um, I'm not always in the mood. So I think to myself, I'm probably not a very good servant. So so until I can be a good servant, then, then you know, uh, I'll put off the professional reading. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, the other thing that I find interesting about this, which has been on my mind a lot, is this the idea of how do we like so because you do freelance writing work right you know and and in life we walk through our lives with these sort of preferences towards certain kinds of connections or friendships or whatever and yet and yet just like we're at the store you know sometimes people show up and you're like man what's what's up with that you know yeah do you do you how do you deal with that on a kind of more worldly basis? How do you deal with that around in your other career? That it just it seems to kind of uh sort of uh self sorted out, you know yeah. what I mean? Because um if I have a client that's that's not aligned with my way of working or mm -hmm. I first of all I, I have like definite rules. I don't work on site. Um you know, for example, you know, because I, I need to be here to take the phone calls to deal with my clients and to just kind of be, you know, free. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, cue, the, cue the Freddie Mercury, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want to break free. <laughs> and I don't, um, I don't work with like recruiters or, um, uh, you know, like the, the, the places that bring you work, right? Mm. So pretty much everybody who comes to me is somebody who's referred to me. Mm -hmm. And if our chemistry isn't going to work, we find that out with the first job and they just never call me again, or I never, uh, or I don't accept work from them again. Mm. And then that, that, that's it. So, um, you know, most of the clients, all of the clients that I have are people that I've worked with for, um, a, a good period of time. And I have good working relationships with, and, and, um, you know, everything's kind of done in a, in a health, healthy sort of business way. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a completely different thing for me 
when it's your main source of income than when it's just something for extra money, like, which is what tarot was for, for me. Right. You know, when, when I used to, cause before I started doing this, I used to work in uh, graphic design and advertising. Yeah. And uh, my policy in that industry was the more difficult I thought somebody would be that I would just start multiplying my fee until I felt like it was going to be enough to make it worthwhile. And then they'd take it or they wouldn't, right? You know, and yeah. and, and it was always kind of amazing that people would, you know, be like, no, no, I need to work with you. I'll pay you, you know, whatever. I'm like, all right, fair enough, you know. I should try that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it, it was it was interesting. Sometimes sometimes I would misjudge and be frustrated. Though I'd be like, man, you know what? There's no amount of money that was worth this. But you know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it usually ends up coming out that way. I mean, the ones that the ones that drive you crazy, there is no money due. Yeah, because you know how it is. I mean, in in advertising, um, the development of a website can take six to eight months. You, you know what I mean for a corporate website or something like that. And I might be writing it um, in one capacity or another for, let's just say, three months, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, you've got to work with that person through through revisions and um, and all of that kind of stuff. And they're usually looming pretty large in your life because it's usually a pretty big job. And, um, you know, so it's just not worth it for me mm-hmm. to, to, to deal with people that are crazy making. Mm-hmm. And so there have been, I, I think that there's been one or two times because I'm very, um, you know, I'll be like, okay, so this is what I quoted you. If it goes over without you changing the parameters, then I'll just eat it because that's, I didn't quote well. Right. And there have been one or two times that, um, I've held people to that sort of two revisions thing instead of, you know, gone and done three and four revisions for them because, they're pleasant people and because there's time in the budget, there's some people that I just cut off because I just can't deal with them mm-hmm. anymore. But it's rare. I I I'm very fortunate in that part of my life, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I that I I like about you, because I'm like a I'm like a fanboy, okay? So you know. Um is, you know, I was talking with Bill Taro earlier in the year and, uh, you know, you and Bill have, um, a, a similar thing that you have out, right. You know, your, um, your, your deck of a thousand readings and his, oh, it's blanking on my brain. Sorry. Deck of a thousand spreads. I'm so sorry. I need more coffee. My, my brain is slipping on the names. And, um, you know, and Bill has his, uh, his sort of product of, uh, you know, the dynamic spreads, you know, and, you know, when I was talking to him, one of the things that I loved is he said, he goes, well, you know, Tierney and I talked about this and I'm like, how amazing is that? Right. Because so often there's this territorialness, there's this like, you know, oh my God, they've, they've stolen my idea or I had it first or this, or, you know, any number of things. Right. And, and I, and I just love that, you know, the, that you, the two of you could just have a conversation about, you know, your works. So. Yeah. And we did, and it was great. I think it was a very, it was a very sort of healthy thing for both of us. I, I know that, um, I, I have been, especially in the past, um, 
few years or so, really sort of um, uh, trying to embody this choose love over fear thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is hard. You know, I mean, there are a lot of spiritual principles that sound so easy. Oh, just be compassionate. It is really hard. The, the, the things that come into your life that you need to be compassionate about or that you need to choose love over um, make it very difficult for you. And um, so that, that was one of the things sort of behind us talking. Um, you know, I, was, uh, I saw that his deck had come out. I didn't know anything about it. I was, I, I, I asked a couple of people that, um, had seen it that I felt I knew well enough that I could ask them, what does it look like? What is it? Um, and I didn't really get a good answer from those people. And so I thought to myself, okay, so I can sit here and just get like really bitter and paranoid thinking that he stole my idea and um, I can make up all kinds of things in my head about how similar or dissimilar his deck is to me. Or I can just write this guy and say, you know, hey, uh, um, I heard that you have a new deck coming out. Congratulations. I understand it's a lot like I, I, I've done, you know, let's kind of talk about it and everything. And he was like so relieved. He was like, oh gosh, I was so paranoid about what you might think if I had stolen this and everything. And, you know, we talked it out and, and, you know, just like that, that choosing love over fear thing, uh, you know, another spiritual principle is that the universe is infinitely funded and that there's plenty out there for, for, for all of us. So if somebody steals your idea, which Bill Tarot did not steal my idea, by the way, but I'm just saying this in general, um, but, you know, if somebody steals your idea or if somebody, um, you know, opens up a, a shop two doors down from yours, et cetera, and so on, you can either choose the fear of, of, of them taking away from you or you can, you can choose love and welcome them and, um, and, and, and exercise your faith in the fact that the universe isn't infinitely funded. Mm-hmm. It's scary because maybe the infinite, the universe isn't infinitely funded, but it always has been for me in the past. I think it always has been for, for, for everybody. But when you start being all um, uh, four and five of pentacles about things, then the universe isn't infinitely funded. Mm-hmm. I had uh, a couple of years back, um, one of those uh, psychic neon hand places opened across the street from my store. Oh, and... that's my store. That I, want, I, I want neon. You want neon? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and these people, they um, like they they didn't they never introduced themselves. I just showed up at work, and and the the they were open for business, right? And and they would be out front smoking a lot. You know, like it was like a, a family thing or something like that. And, you know, and they'd be outside smoking. And every time that I walked out of my store, they would all immediately walk inside. Like they just refused to whatever. And, you know, one time I was doing something and they 
the, the, I caught the one of them looking at me. So I was like, Hey, how's it going? And they immediately like ran back inside. And I was like, Oh man, you know, it wasn't fun because they, they lasted like three or four months and then they left. But you know, exactly because they, they were working from that place of, of, of fear and from we are this guy's competition. We can't, you know, Mm -hmm. and you kept your heart open. So all you had to do was bide your time and, (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and i I think that they thought it would be an easy like because i was there and i'd been there for a long time that that they would uh you know um you know be able to jump in right it's and this year i moved across the street and uh uh the landlord at the old place you know when he rented it out he rented it to like a mortgage broker or something he's like yeah i had a couple psychics that call and ask if they could have your old space and i was like Thanks for saying no, because that's just kind of weird, right? You yeah. show up and like, oh, is Andrew here? No, but I am. Blah blah blah. You know, yeah. like, people are weird about that stuff, and it's such a, um, it's such a crummy marketing plan, you know, in the long run for everybody involved, right? Yeah, I mean, my my thought would be, yeah, that it would that, that it would be a really bad business plan to open up across the street from another psychic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Because it's just. That just doesn't seem to be smart to me. You know, that person's already got a clientele and people coming in and, you know, go a couple blocks away and get your own street traffic, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think the the their, their thing, which I would have told them if they had asked me, is there is no street traffic where I am. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some, but not really. It's a, yeah. uh, it's a destination thing, and it's uh, I've been in the neighborhood for ten years doing readings. So, you know, for me, when I, you know, the lot, not the last move, but the move before, because this move I just moved like a hundred feet up the road. Um, but the previous move, I, I was asking clients where, like, where would be too far, what might be too hard, or whatever, and their response was, generally speaking. Well, you know, if you move a hundred miles, I'll still come and see you. And I'm like, all right, fair enough. Good to know. You know, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that's not everybody, of course, but, uh, but yeah, but it's such a different thing where it's a destination as opposed to a, a, a busy neighborhood where ultimately, you know, people, people in my business can't really afford our, you know, or stores or readers you can't afford to be somewhere super popular. Not, yeah. not, not have good ethics. I think anyway, you know, if you're paying 4,000 in rent. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a lot of readings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and, and when you think about the, the, the clientele too, most of them are people who, if they're not coming to you, they don't, they might not know anybody else, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like everybody has a friend who's a psychic. We all have uh, tons of friends that are psychic. So many, so- right? <laughs> The average human being, you know, doesn't doesn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So the other thing that I really like about you okay. and what you're doing right is now. your Friday night confessions. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. How did night. how did that start? Yeah. I how did that start? I think that I was probably just um uh bored mm-hmm. on a Friday night. And so I posted this Friday night confession spread and 
I mean, a, a thread on my Facebook page. And um, it is, you have to be my friend to view it because people do actually occasionally make a real confession there. And so it needs, it has to be private, you know. Um, but uh, basically it just, every week it gives people an opportunity to confess something that's kind of sitting on their shoulders. And most of the time it's, I confess I love chocolate. Um, That is a confession I've made. I think also pizza. (laughs) Um, You know, I confess I've got the greatest hubby in the world. Um, So there's a lot of those kinds of confessions. But then there are people who, um, you know, um, who who have something more serious or who, um, I, I mean, there have been really serious things that have been confessed, not on the board, but like they've, they've PM'd me um, for uh, forgiveness. Um, and then there have just been other things like, like maybe somebody feels like they drink too much or something like that, and they just want somebody to know. Um, and I've even had it before where somebody put something up for like two minutes and then, um, and then uh, uh, erased it or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so while it's mostly done for fun and it's mostly done tongue in cheek, I take it very seriously because um, I am a mail order reverend and I do take <laughs> my mail order reverend ship seriously um but you know sometimes people just need to um get things off their chest and feel uh feel normal or feel like they're not the only one or or whatever you know and if you can give that to somebody then why not you know but it is interesting because there, there, there have been um, a number of times where I've had to really swallow and say uh, before I forgive somebody because there have been a couple things that have been difficult to for to forgive. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's murdered anybody, but think of anything short of that. Right. Know? Right. So. Um, so that's what Friday Night Confessions is all about. I've, I've actually been kind of thinking to maybe scale it back and do it every other Friday or something like that because it's slowed down over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing it for many years, and now I might get 20 posts on the thread, and it's mostly people saying, I confess I love my hubby. Um, or, or, um, whereas in the past, you know, you'd get, I'd get well over 100 uh responses and some of them would be you know kind of serious and and uh there's 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 a bit of a community also wrapped around it so people who post in the thread sort of understand that they have to be supportive of everybody else in the thread mm-hmm. um, well you know what's well, going to happen now after this all <laughs> these people who are listening to this podcast right like all like eight or nine hundred of them are going to show up because who doesn't want somebody who well, there is that, yeah. you know, you, you'll get the requests first, right? And then, cause who doesn't want someone who takes their, their mail order reverendness seriously to give them absolution? You know, yeah. I do. Exactly. I like it. <laughs> exactly. You know, 
I think that people, I think that people just, all of us just want to be heard and just want somebody to listen and want to know that we're okay. I mean, I think that that's a huge foundation of, um, we'll just pretend that your next question was about my blog is, is about my blog. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, um, is I think that, you know, when we were kids and when we were growing up, you'd be labeled um, a nose picker or a farter or something like that. It would be like the most awful thing. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't be able to go to school the next day because everybody thought you picked your nose. And the truth of the matter was is that everybody picked their nose and everybody farted. And, you know, and, and, and so there's like this shame wrapped around things that we all sort of share in common. And, um, and so I kind of feel in a way that part of my, um, my ministry, if you will, my mail order ministry is to, um, is to, uh, use myself bear bear myself as an example so that other people can kind of feel normal mm-hmm. so like on my blog a lot of the times i'll admit um dark thoughts that i have or um things that sort of embarrass me a little bit to say things that i hate to push the uh you know the 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 post uh button on um but but invariably there's always somebody who says thank you for saying that because that's how i was feeling and that's you know and we we've just created this culture of if you don't if you don't conform to this norm and if you don't stay within these certain boundaries then there's something wrong with you when the fact of the matter is is that is that like we all have something mhm mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People go around and they're turning their nose up at, 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 uh, say the alcoholic when maybe they work too much and, and are removing themselves from their family in that way. Or, or, um, people work out too much. They think if it's healthy, that it's okay. If it's work, if it's earning my money, it's okay. But it's all the same thing. It's all a way to escape, um, real connection and intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It it's one of those things I um are you hearing the echo? No. No, okay. That's some I am. Um I I tend to come across as somebody who seems to have things all together and I'm generally like pretty calm in all sorts of situations even when like everything's kind of exploding. And you know what I realized when I was started writing my newsletter is that what was actually more helpful for me was to share all the ways in which things were not working, right? To really like dig in and show off my, you know, my, my follies, <laughs> let's call it, or my humanness or my messiness or these things. And, uh, you know, to talk about what was going on, what, what, what I was struggling with, um, if I had a solution, what I did about it. Cause sometimes it's just like, man, this, you know, emotionally turbulent thing happens and, and to really kind of like be, show the humanness of it because there's so much, 
sort of on the marketing side or on other sides where it's all this like uh, superhuman or, you know, denial of, of the actual money. I was just scratching my nose. I wasn't picking it, you know, like, come on. Um, and, and to really kind of have that human interaction to me is, is so interesting and, and seems to be so interesting to the people who, who get my newsletter because they, you know, I get lots of responses, you know, like you say with the, the, the confession, right. Or the sharing or the, you know, yeah. or the, wow, I so needed to hear that today right now. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. And you know, there, there is sort of, there's a line or, or, or a wall between, um, uh, let's just say, uh, intimacy and standoffishness and, uh, oneness and separation, right. Mm -hmm. Um, that exists based on a person's persona. Like you said, you come off as being so, uh, put together from the outside view, you know, um, how healing is it for someone who's who's looking over the fence to see that you're just as messed up as they are? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and, and that they probably look uh, put together too, you know? So as sort of a spiritual teacher, um, which is kind of the direction that, 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 that I'm trying to move in, I want to be somebody who... Um, who shows the world that you can be wise and that you can have, you can, you can be uh, choosing love over fear or whatever that is, but you can also be like totally screwed up in so many other ways because we look at, at our spiritual teachers and our gurus, they're, they're shiny and they're perfect. And I just think that there's so much healing in knowing that that's just a facade. Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't, get that that's such a facade and so that's why people always fall off of pedestals because we put them on pedestals we assume that what we see is a hundred percent of the person and it's really just what's out there for public consumption yeah, yeah. all of the teachers that i've had have their humanness um the ones who are have the most respect for me are the ones who admit it and acknowledge it and the yeah. ones who uh, things didn't work out with were the ones where they were, you know, there was some denial about it, right? Yeah. You know, and so yeah, you gotta you gotta confess. It's it's, it's you gotta you gotta say it. You gotta let it out. You gotta acknowledge it. I oh, think. Interesting. Um, many years ago, I worked for um, one of my freelance uh, clients. Uh, the creative director was uh, came up with the cheese that goes crunch. Right. Which is like one of, I just think, the, the most brilliant taglines out there. The cheese that goes crunch. I mean, it's just so, for Cheetos, it's just so perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, he came up with that, whatever, like in the 50s or 60s or whatever, back when we were kids. And, um, and you know, I would talk to him and, and I would admire him. And he said to me, he said, don't put me on a pedestal because I'm just going to disappoint you and I'm going to fall. And I didn't really listen. And he disappointed me and he fell mm -hmm. and he was so right about that. And I think it was the first time that anybody had ever sort of pointed that out to me, you know, and it was such a personal kind of experience. And I could see where it was me that did that, not him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's something yeah. that I've definitely experienced with clients too. You know, people come in and when they're happy with you, right? right. And they're like, oh, you're so great and you're this and you're that and whatever. And my my response is generally speaking always the same. You're like, yeah, well, I try, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, I, I, I try and do a good job. I try and be a good person. I try and whatever. And also try and make sure that I get my needs met and enjoy my life too. And, you know, the they're, they're all happy until you're like, well, no, I'm not answering my phone for a few days or, you know, whatever. And then they're like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, you know, I got to have a life too. I got to do other things. I can't be this sort of theoretical perfect thing for you or perfect solution, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we tend to do that. I, I think that, uh, gosh, it, 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 if, if, if we could start sort of working on something along those lines in society, then we could start raising society up, right? If, if we could have people sort of uh, take personal responsibility for their own um, impressions that, that, that they concoct around because there's just so much misunderstanding and so much bitterness in the world over over perceived things you know yeah yeah so much so need to try and define yourself against other things as opposed to just define yourself affirmatively yeah right yeah and i i don't i don't get this whole um Oh, well, we're all controlling in some ways or another, but I, I, I don't get this whole, you've got to think the way I think, you've got to be the way I am in order to be around me. But then, you know, on the other hand, that's kind of how we operate. Um, there's there's a wisdom to it, but but the shunning that we do of people just because they aren't like us, you know what I mean? The the There's a difference between, okay, you're just not like me, so go out and be on the periphery and be unlike me. It, it, there's a difference between that and the absolute shunning that we have to do in order to make ourselves feel better about who we are in comparison to the other person. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's just, um, I don't know. There's there are a lot of ego issues out there. So Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's gonna be my confession later today. I confess that people's egos bother me. <laughs> I also confess that I think mine is just fine. <laughs> I confess that I am right and everybody else is incorrect. And maybe a jerk. Oh, wait, no. I'd get you for false witness on that one. Yeah, fair enough. It's a deadly one. Uh huh. <laughs> Excellent. See, this is the value. This is the value of the confession, right? Exactly. When, when we confess what we're actually thinking, you know, or when we have those moments where we're actually thinking those things, then, you know, then we can get the reality of it highlighted to us. Yeah. Mm hmm. Gosh, if the whole world could just revolve around me like it does inside my head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe this is a good point to say. If people would like to be okay. more in your orbit, okay. Uh, where where can they find you? 
Well, I have um, my blog is called The Daily Draw, and it is at uh, tierneysadler.com, T I E R N E Y S A D L E R.com. Um, if you're curious, you can get to uh, my Thousand Spreads thing from there. You can get to everything Tierney. That is the T-universe. The Excellent. The T-portal. Yeah, the T-portal at tierneysadler.com. But I also have another website, which is uh, a thousand spreads, one zero 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 spreads.com, which is, uh, will give you an idea of what my thousand spreads deck looks like. And what that is, is that's a deck to um, help you create your own spreads and to sort of simplify that whole process and also to learn how to create spreads. And um, let's see. That's probably all people need to know. Cool. Cool. Yeah. From there, you know, once you're done reading, like, I think I've got uh, close to 1,100 posts now on my um, on my blog, and they're not short. So once you're done reading War and Peace on, on my <laughs> – then contact me, and I'll – I'll, I'll, I'll put you in touch with other ways that you can be more in my universe. Nice. nice. So cancel your plans for the weekend, buy a lot of coffee and order a pizza, and charge up your bandwidth and just start surfing. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for being hanging out with me today. It's, it's been a real hoot. Thank you, Andrew. It was nice meeting you. Yeah, you yeah. too. <laughs> so I want to thank you for listening. And I look forward to hearing from you. Do let me know uh, what you think, who you'd like to have on here, uh, what you're curious about that maybe I could focus an episode on. Talk to you soon. Have a great day. Bye.